We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. And if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast right now, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Seahawks Man to Man on YouTube. Let's talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and CKID206. We have a special guest on the podcast this week, making his 87th appearance on the show, it feels like. But that's what happens when you cover... A division rival, we have Matt Barrows, who covers the 49ers for the Athletic. Matt, what's going on? Nice to see you again. Nice to see you guys. Yeah, 87 is my age, not the <laughs> number of uh, times I've appeared. No, good to be with you guys again uh, for the first, uh, maybe second, maybe third time this year. Who knows? Uh, sometimes uh, that happens. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure like some of our listeners, are probably they want us to just like um, – probably just be all doom and gloom about the Seahawks this week and not even talk about the Niners uh, too much just because of how bad the Seattle Seahawks have been playing. Um, but I feel like talking about the Niners would be kind of interesting because uh, this is a big game uh, for Seattle. Um, and I imagine the Niners, even though this isn't like for the division, uh, like it was in 2019, are pretty hyped up to play these guys with a fully healthy roster for the first time since that uh, 19 NFC West championship. Well, I wouldn't say fully healthy. Um, oh, that's true. The, the same uh, injury bug that's, uh, that's gotten them the last few years is still chomping away. But, um, yeah, not quite as bad as it was during the two meetings last year. Uh, we're we're going to talk a lot of quarterbacks today, Matt. Is that okay with you? I don't know if you guys are talking much about the quarterbacks down there in the Bay. But that's uh, that's what we want to talk about today. All right, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so... I want to start with this here. Is there anyone who believes in Jimmy G? And I'm including like his family members, girlfriend or wife. Is there anyone who believes in Jimmy G more than Kyle Shanahan? Because I feel like to to still be throwing him out there like like this, like he has a strong faith in this guy, it feels like. I, I thought you were going to say, is there anyone out there who believes in Jimmy G? And I was about to say, well, Kyle <laughs> Shanahan does. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, coming out of that game, there was a lot of... Uh, Jimmy G frustration among the fan base. And I think Kyle Shanahan was very careful. The first question um, about Garoppolo, he said that I, I thought he played really well. 
against the Packers and um, really well, uh, probably not. I mean, it was definitely an up and down game. He finished up well that last drive, um, obviously gave him the lead with 37 seconds left, but it was, um, you know, there were some really dubious passes in that game, passes in which he was throwing into traffic, um, passes in which he was kind of setting his receivers up for big hits. You never want to see that. Just not, not seeing the field really well. And, and he had a couple of things going against him. Zero running game. Um, and, and he's a guy that really needs that, that play action. Uh, he needs kind of every benefit of, uh, of that offense in order to, to be a, a good above average quarterback. And he didn't have that. And he also is getting beat up pretty badly. 11 hits. Rarely do you see, I don't know, half a dozen might be the norm for, for an NFL game. This was double that. So he, 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 he had a headwind against the Packers and, and did okay. Um, and uh, I, I think that's enough to sort of keep most of the, the uproar um, down in the Bay Area about him and, and Trey Lance. But, um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, two or three more losses. And uh, I think it becomes um, a lot louder and uh, nonstop. So uh, and that that also kind of coincides with the bye week as well. So these are not, not must win games, but these are very important games for the 49ers and maybe even more important for Jimmy Garoppolo. When I watched, I watched the Packers game, the tape this morning, actually, I didn't get a chance to watch it um, in, in real time because I was working, but I'm with, it did seem, I'm glad you said, you confirmed a lot of things that I was thinking this morning. He was setting up his receivers to get destroyed. Absolutely. Debo, Ayuk. Uh yeah, uh, do they have Sanu again? Is that who number six is? Yeah, is yeah, Sanu? Sanu, He's back? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just setting them up to get just, just, just wrecked. And I want to know that the and I looked at some numbers this morning too. It does seem like Jimmy G, Kyle's faith in Jimmy G. Correct me if I'm wrong here is rooted in the idea of like, all right, if we run the ball well and our defense is good, um, and I keep the the passes easy, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, real close to the line of scrimmage, Jimmy G's fine. But the defense is below average. The running game's not there. So how how much longer can if those things continue to be true? How much longer can Jimmy G you know start in this offense? Well, I mean it's it's going to depend on how, how well they do as a team. I mean the the overall plan it seems to be is to ride uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as long as they are playoff contenders. So like I said, any sort of long skid, I think will start to uh, start to prompt a change. But, you know, the Packers had a really good game plan against them. They, they moved the, uh, the safeties up into the box. They took away that, that outside run, the, um, the, the stretch zone that the 49ers like to run. No Raheem Mostert, so there's no running back sort of zipping out to the edge. They were, the, the Packers were beating the 49ers to the edges and basically daring Garoppolo to go over the top. And when he did... He threw in an interception, um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that was a bad ball. That was a, a that was really a great good, play by Jair. It, that was, it oh was, my god! I mean, he was the he was the backside cornerback on that, so <laughs> you don't expect that guy to come zooming in over the top, you know, three quarters of the field, and he did. It was just a tremendous play. I actually thought it was a pretty good pass. In hindsight, should have led him more to the left side of the field than to the center of the field, but uh, I, I don't think as a cornerback. I mean, as a quarterback, you're considering the backside cornerback on that throw, and he didn't seem to get dinged by by Shanahan afterwards on that either. But uh, you know, the thing is that Jimmy Garoppolo rarely goes downfield. He's he's attempted 
exactly four uh, throws beyond 20 yards this season. Yikes. Uh, only Matt Ryan with three has attempted uh, fewer, and, and only one of those four throws has been a completion. That was a 79-yarder, uh, mostly uh, a catch and run to Debo Samuel in, in week one. So, I mean, that's the smart move, uh, defensive move against Garoppolo. Make him beat you deep because he does not like to go deep. Uh, and, uh, that's borne out over the, the course of his career, not just this season. He's one of the, the guys, uh, when you look at that 20 yards or more, he's always at the, if he's not last, he's, he's second to last on that list. How does, how does Jimmy feel? Do you think about, all right, we're at the goal line at the four. We're about to punch it in. Oh, never mind. Hey, Trey, how about you come in now? Like how has Jimmy handled that part of this two quarterback dynamic? He, he doesn't complain. I mean, he's not um, sort of a type A guy like that where you know what he's you know when he's pissed off. Um, he's kind of gone along with it. I mean, again, he doesn't have much um, sway in the matter. Um, if he did complain, nobody would care. Um, and then, <laughs> and then in, in week two, they, they had a lot of uh, short yardage and goal situations. And Trey Lance got zero snaps. And Jimmy Garoppolo had four sneaks, including – a touchdown at the end. So it's not like they always take him out in those situations. They uh, Shanahan sometimes does and sometimes doesn't sort of goes by feel so far. And that's what sort of, I don't know if, it, if, if frustrating is the word to fans, but uh, it's hard to figure out exactly what the rhyme or reason is. And I, I, I guess that's a good thing because uh, if, if fans could figure it out, then uh, defenses could as well. So you never know, when Trey Lance is coming into the game, uh, it's been uh, varied situations to this point. You know, you know that makes me think, Chris, that somebody is getting an earful from Jimmy. It's either it's a is he married? Is Jimmy G married? No, he, he's not. He lives with his brothers. Okay, so it's probably his brothers or the, the mom, somebody, QB coach that they're getting the paragraph text from Jimmy Furious about. If he's not letting this show on the sideline or in the film room, somebody's getting it at home because that would just feels like that would just throw off the rhythm of just what's going on. Especially if I get us to the goal line, I'm Jimmy. Yeah. I get us there, and it's like, well, this other guy gets to punch it in. You know, didn't that happen in week one too? Like they just let let uh, Trey punch it in on like the first touchdown of the of the year or something? Yeah, I think they were uh, at the eleven at that point, and he through an easy touchdown. But th that was the complaint that Drew Brees had the last few seasons when Taysom Hill would come in. Um, you know, being a quarterback is all about kind of being in rhythm, in sync, being one with your offense. And when I come off the field for half a dozen, 10 plays, it's interrupting that flow. Uh, and so Brees, who is a type A guy, um, you know, uh, talked about that uh, over the years and he had to adjust to that. And he and he and Garoppolo actually had an offseason conversation about exactly that. So Garoppolo sort of accepted it. But your point about him getting um, hot and bothered, that's that's both his, uh, his strength and I think his weakness or at least a perceived weakness is that he's not like that. Um, he's not a guy that emotes in the locker room uh he doesn't you know but he also isn't a guy that takes charge in the locker room i mean i would say that this is george kittle's uh team not the quarterback's team and that's a wow. that's an odd statement that a tight yeah, end would be the be the dominant personality the alpha in in a locker room but that's it that's the case uh garoppolo like i said living with his brothers uh i forget where he falls in the family i think he's third to youngest of four boys 
you kind of, uh, you know, learn how to, to get along and go with the flow and, and be one of the guys. And that's, that's who he is. He's one of the guys. He's not the one who's kicking ass and sort of taking over. He's not Drew. He does not have the Drew Brees personality for good or for worse uh, in this situation. So what can we expect from the Trey Lance element of, you know, this 49ers offense against the Seahawks, against the Seahawks defense that is giving up just yards, big plays? I mean, if you get a chance to watch the All-22 against the Vikings, Matt, you're going to be like, wow, the Niners are going to score 30 on these guys, no matter if they put their third stringer in. So do you think that maybe when Shanahan's watching that film, probably right now, and he's like, let's put Trey in a little bit more this week? Well, I mean, we all thought that going into the Green Bay game, um, you know, this this is a great way. You know, Green Bay was was coming off a short week. They they had played the Monday night beforehand. This is a great way to keep uh, you know catch a team off guard because you know not only do they have to prepare for the Forty Niners offense and their sort of unique rushing attack, they've got to prepare for Trey Lance. Well, he brought in Trey Lance basically for two plays. There were actually three, but one of them was uh, wiped out by a penalty. So, um, you know, not not a lot of Trey Lance action, uh, despite a uh, seemingly perfect opportunity to do that. So, again, I, I, I don't know. And, and Trey Lance doesn't know either. Um, you know, th- they have a certain package going into every week. And like I said, uh, Shanahan basically plays it by feel. Um, his refrain all offseason long is that I now see quarterback like I see the wide receiver position or running back. I, I've got multiple guys. And if I like a matchup, if I like a scenario, I'm going to insert Lance into this one. Um, but, um, you know, there's no, um, there's no script. I, I guess I should say that, okay, we're going to use Lance um, six times in this game. We're going to use him here, here, and here. It's all by feel by the head coach slash play caller. That sounds super college Like, that sounds really dangerous to try to use in the NFL for a team that wants to, like, win a championship. And, and that's before you even factor in the fact that they spent, you know, enough money to go to space with Elon Musk in terms of draft capital to get uh, Trey Lance. Oh, boy. I don't know, Chris. That might not. It might. That's a dangerous plan, <laughs> if it feels like. Good for Kyle Shanahan, though. Good for him, yeah. indeed. Dangerous plan. What is the plan with Debo Samuel? Because he is second in receiving yards this season behind Cooper Cup, who is lighting up everyone right now. And Debo's healthy. Last season, he got banged up a few times. But right now, he's four weeks in, damn near. And he's playing. He, he's out there playing, so he's healthy. What Has there been any changes with how they're using him? Or is it... You know, we're going to give him the ball and he's going to make up for it, whether he's catching a seven yard slant, seven yard out. He's going to get 10 more yards, punish defenders coming towards him. And how do you see that matchup going against the Seahawks? Yeah, I mean, he it's been um, a few factors in, in, in Samuel's uh, fast start of the season. One is that he was he was the best guy in training camp. He was a man on a mission uh, all throughout the summer. And, um, you know, I think he felt like he's been sort of typecast as a catch and run guy, basically a running back who plays wide receiver. And he wanted to, you know, diversify a bit, show that he can do the deep ball, show that he can do the over the middle stuff. And he was on point from from day one. He's been a special product uh, uh, of uh, of Wes Welker, the uh, wide receivers coach. Um, You know, Wes is really kind of taken him under his wing and, and pushed him. It, it's been tough love. Uh, Debo tends to get a little bit heavy 
Um, he likes to kind of smash through people, and, and Welker has made sure that he stays under 220, um, both for speed reasons and for um, reliability, for, for health reasons. And uh, he did that this offseason. He looks faster. Uh, he hasn't been slowed by injuries to this point. Now, my question is whether he can play that way. Um, uh, he had 10 targets, for example, on, on Sunday against the Packers. And as Mike noted, I mean, some of those are in traffic. He's getting hit hard. Yeah. Um, you know, he's good when he's the one delivering the hit. But I just wonder if he can keep up with that workload that uh, that they're giving him right now. Um, especially these sort of dangerous balls in traffic. I just can't see it, uh, him going a full 17 games like that. The other you know, part of the equation is that Brandon Ayuk got off to a slow start. So he has not uh, kind of built the trust in, in Garoppolo that Debo Samuel has. So um, like I said, I, I forget what the numbers are now, but uh, going uh, coming out of week two, Debo was being targeted we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It was Debo and Cooper Cup at the very top, targeted more than uh, any other team targets uh, a pass catcher on those teams. So um, there's there's definitely a, a great connection between Garoppolo and uh, Samuel right now, I think the 49ers would like to kind of diversify that more so that uh, teams have more to deal with. But um, uh, Samuel is off to a very strong start to the season. Hint, Seahawks, you might want to try to guard this guy. I'm not sure if you're going to, as what we saw the last few games, but definitely want to get a hold of Debo before he gets rolling. You did mention Brandon and his game. We talked about a little bit off wax, but I want to hear your thoughts on the game plan going into this game against the Seahawks because, again, their secondary hasn't been playing up to the standards that everyone thought they would be based on the situation at hand. But is this a week where Brandon can have a spark and Debo kind of gets a break and he's not taking those hits over the middle? He kind of gets the relief of, oh, someone else is stepping up. You would think. I mean, um, Ayuk is probably their best deep threat. So um, if if the Seahawks are borrowing from the Packers and, and moving those safeties up and taking away the running game and forcing – Garoppolo to, to go deep, that's the natural outlet. Uh, I know that that throw against the Packers was to uh, George Kittle, and he's obviously an, an option too. But um, uh, you would think that Ayuk uh, is the best option of that group. He didn't do it a lot the last few weeks. Um, he ha- hadn't been fully healthy. And like I said, I, I just don't think that the chemistry between quarterback and Ayuk is, is quite there yet. 
Uh, so he's been getting a bit of tough love from, from Shanahan and, and I'm sure from Wes Welker as well. Uh, and it's something that uh, I think that they're hoping to uh, will, will blossom as the year goes on. But, um, you know, the, the 49ers big issue offensively right now is that uh, they don't have a, uh, a, a great tailback situation. Uh, Raheem Mostert got hurt in week one. He's out for the season. Uh, Elijah Mitchell came out of nowhere. He was a six round pick, looked really good in week one and week two, but he got hurt in week two and uh, is a question mark this week. And then Trey Sermon came in third round pick highest uh, Kyle Shanahan has drafted a running back since he got here in 2017. And he has uh, not met expectations. Um, Mm. He was uh, inactive, healthy scratch in week one. Uh, and that it's that's sort of the, the way the 49ers draft has gone. It's t- a topsy turvy draft for them. The first uh, five picks haven't played very much. The last four, uh, I guess it's the first, I guess there were eight altogether. First four haven't played much. The last four have played a lot. Uh, and the last four have been better than the initial four. So, Sounds like uh, a Seahawks draft a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Seahawks had half their damn first and second round picks inactive last week. Well, terrible. that's what the 49ers have had too. So I think uh, something to watch for, for Seahawks fans, if uh, Elijah Mitchell is practicing this week, um, like I said, six round pick out of Louisiana, he's got speed, toughness. If he's practicing, the, the 49ers are a lot happier uh, it, than if he's not. I've given up on Elijah already. He's on who's on my fantasy team. All my fantasy teams are bad. I don't know. Six no one overall? wants to care about my fantasy team. <laughs> but Tupac cares if don't nobody else care. Uh I was looking some Brandon uh or excuse me, some Debo numbers up. Good lord. Dude's averaging ten yards after the catch per reception. That is that is insane. And it does seem like though, Debo's uniquely built to help Jimmy G. Since they're the, I don't know what where Jimmy ranks in like average depth to target. I imagine it's probably pretty low. Do you low. know where it is? Yeah, no, I don't, but I, I just know that it's uh, a lot of short passes. And you're right. I mean, that's why Samuel was drafted. That's why Ayuk was drafted. They're both really good with the ball in their hands, and uh, George Kittle is as well. So that's what this this offense with, with Jimmy G is built on. The idea moving forward is that somebody with a stronger arm, i.e. Lance, will expand things in, in all directions. Is So – and that's that was where I was gonna go with that. Is that what it looked like when you guys got to see him in, in camp and stuff like that? Did it look like okay? Now there's a downfield passing game in this offense. Yeah. Uh, oh absolutely. boy, that's scary. And 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 not not scared to go there either. That was the sort of the takeaway early in camp. Um, you know, uh, was had a really aggressive mentality when he was back. And you think a rookie, oh, he's gonna come in. He's gonna be a little bit hesitant early on, checked down, stuck to the sideline. <laughs> and Trey Lance wasn't. I mean, he was going for the jugular, um, you know, every time he got the ball. Uh, and that was either w- with his arm or with his feet. And things uh, started to, you know, e- even out as camp went along. Um, he made a big impact early. And then Garoppolo played well um, as well. And then Lance had some issues with extending drives and this, that, and the other. And so he never really overtook uh, Garoppolo, and then the 49ers seem to have, a, you know, a set idea that, like I said, it's going to be Garoppolo until we have to go to, to Lance. We're going to ride Garoppolo into the playoffs. That's the idea. And then next year, you know, if we say goodbye to Garoppolo, then we have a guy who's been in the system for 
a full year, and then we we turn the keys over to him at that point. So that seems to be the way it's going. Um, but uh, like I said, uh, there doesn't seem to be a steady kind of ramp up of of Lance. It's been staggered over the first three games. You know, I think it's panic mode up here in, in Seattle right now just because of how everything's gone. But this is like, I think, some decent news because if Trey can sling that thing, that's a whole new dimension because like the, that the, opens up the field. And everything. Yeah, because you look at the quarterbacks they've been bad against this year, um, which is pretty, pretty much all of them. But <laughs> like even Carson Wentz, who they beat up on, he'll sling that thing. He just won't sling it downfield if like he doesn't have T.Y. Hilton, that, you know, like and Kirk will sling that thing, which he did. And Tannehill will sling that thing after Jimmy threw that pick. Um, against the Packers, I don't think he tested the deep ball uh, again. Really, the rest of that game. But if Trey's yeah. unfazed, see, who man, I man. think Trey should play. If I'm Kyle Shanahan, because we like, don't want to see that. Uh, well, yeah, it's the, the <laughs> we matters. That like I would be entertained by that. I'm sure Matt, you would too. If we got to like a to see Trey throw it against the, the secondary, if if that's his, if his that's his bag, if he can throw downfield, it's like this is the game to give it a shot. Well, I, I take it from your comments that DJ Reed hasn't done well in these games. It's, I, I want not... to ask about him because, you know, the 49ers could, could use him at the moment. They've, they've got their own cornerback issues. So here's the thing with, with, with DJ. He's basically CB1 right now um, and played pretty steady in their first couple games. Like, I think he has some really good reps against A.J. Brown um, and Julio last week – or in week two against the Titans. He had one in particular – um, man, I wish we could use game film on here. It's it's he has a he's lined up against AJ Brown on a third down in the red zone, and he's like basically in a slot. It's like a two way. AJ has a two way go, and DJ is just playing like nine yards off as you should in that scenario. AJ breaks outside, has great coverage, forced the incompletion. Uh, Titans kick a field goal. That was great. Give up two touchdowns to the Vikings <laughs> in the red yeah. zone. One of them he just gets worked by Justin Jefferson. The other one. Thielen chops his feet before breaking inside, and DJ ends up touching the ground like they're playing Twister. Uh, and it was just, just tough he, week. So it's it's hot and cold. <laughs> it's hot and cold there, and I feel like that's the story of the Seahawks secondary right now. There might be a great play here, and then a big one there. A great play here, and then all now you can't get off the field on 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 third down. So like, whereas the the Niners are having their issues, which we'll talk about here. The Seahawks are having theirs. I think I saw uh, they worked out three corners uh, today. <laughs> we need bodies. I think they worked out Josh Shaw. Did the Niners ever have Josh Shaw, that USC dude? Uh, I don't think so. No, not, not for Oh, he was with the Cardinals. Period. He was yeah. with the Cardinals. That's right. Yeah, he's the guy who, uh, I think, if I remember that right, we're getting sidetracked now, but his story is funny. I think he's the dude who jumped out of a window and like hurt himself when he was at USC and then lied about it and said he was saving a kid. Yes, I remember that story. You guys remember? Yeah, you remember that? <laughs> Terrible lie. I get the reasoning, but... I think he's also the dude... This is a Josh Shaw podcast now. The dude that bet on a Cardinals game when he was on IR and got suspended for a year because he bet, like, Cardinals in the first half while he was in Vegas and then got suspended. Are okay. you not supposed to do that when you're on a team? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't think he knew. Like, he used his name on the slip and everything, uh, I, I think. I didn't know I couldn't do this. Let me just... Uh, no, yeah, he was going to have no bearing on the game, so why not? Yeah, he was on like IR. You know, I think <laughs> like he bet against them yeah, too. Exactly. Uh, I'm, about, I'm about to look that up while we ask. But let's talk about the who's actually. Uh, yeah, that was him. Uh, anyway, he, yeah, it was part of a three team t- parlay. <laughs> good lord, that is terrible. <laughs> you got the ticket right in front of you. <laughs> oh, good, good God. Uh, let's talk about the the 
the Niners cornerback situation because they're one of the many teams in a division that need corners. Everyone does, really. The yeah. Car- I think the Cardinals just signed Quentin Dunbar. Like Everyone needs corners right now across the league, really. I think the Panthers just traded for one after yep. they lost J.C. Horn. So, like, how many corners are actually healthy on this team? Like, it seems like they're all banged up right now. Yeah, um, I'd say the only ones that are healthy are, are the two healthy scratches uh, against the Packers. That's uh, Trey Kirkpatrick and Ambry Thomas, who was <sighs> another third-round pick who just hasn't been very good this year. So um, I think that Dre Kirkpatrick is definitely going to be up in uniform. He's a guy that they brought in, uh, I don't know, 10 days ago. Uh, yeah. after week one so i mean he's still getting up to speed literally uh, getting his legs under him and and, and learning the defense but um you know uh, it, it's going to depend on josh norman he took a helmet to the chest from aaron jones uh, against the packers and was spitting up blood uh in the hospital with two bruised lungs um, shortly after the game, and Shanahan said, "Yeah, there's a there's a good chance he'll he'll practice on Wednesday." So, good lord, once, <laughs> you're once up. You have a, a CT scan and it shows no fluid, no blood uh, in in the lungs. You're you're cleared to go after that. So I don't know. I mean, to me that seems. I mean, I would want to. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. Want to take at least one game off after being sent to the uh, the hospital with two uh, punctured lungs, which is what it was. Um, so, but if he plays and it's him and it's Emmanuel Mosley, and I thought Mosley played pretty well against the Packers. Um, and, um, you know, the 49ers have had huge issues with, with DK Metcalf, um, in, in recent years, specifically they, Emmanuel Mosley, <laughs> specifically Emmanuel Mosley. And they just had a huge, um, uh, problem with Devonte Adams. Uh, and they've got DeAndre Hopkins coming up after the Seahawks game. So this could be, I mean, like, like I said, I, I feel like the the uh, Packers put together a, a, a tremendous blueprint for beating the 49ers, which is max protect. They had seven guys back on some plays, uh, which meant that, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers had all day to throw. And then um, as soon as somebody broke through, he just threw to the outside, uh, you know, with, with faith that his awesome receiver, Devontae Adams, could get open against the 49ers cornerbacks, and that's exactly what happened. But I, I just feel like the, the the upcoming opponents, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, can can do many of the same things that uh, Aaron Rodgers can, maybe not quite to Rodgers' level, but it's the same idea, the same principle at play in each of these upcoming games. I was curious because – I was on the train of bringing Josh Norman to the Seahawks for cornerback spot. Were you? Yeah. You laughed at me. It's okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going <laughs> to laugh again. Okay. okay. I wanted to hear your thoughts, Matt, how he's played so far three weeks in the season, although he is banged up. What you saw, what you've seen so far, how's it looked out there? Uh, it's been good. I mean, it's, you know, for a street free agent, which is what he was, um, you know, it, it, it's all you can ask for. He's not Josh Norman from the Panthers. I mean, um, he does not move like he used to. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's some kind of veteran things that he does, uh, to sort of, uh, compensate for that. There's a lot of, uh, hooks and, you know, uh, you know, pull on the Jersey to kind of make sure your guy's not getting away from you. I, I, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, maybe him versus DK would be better than him versus Locke. I mean, I, I feel like he's going to struggle with, with, you know, faster, quicker guys, guys who are good in space. Cause he just doesn't have those movement skills. Uh, anymore. 
so basically, it's basically Richard Sherman on one side. That's the idea. The 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 smart, savvy veteran who doesn't quite move the way he did before on one side, and uh, and youngsters on the other. Yeah, there you go, Josh Norman. Here's two bruised lungs and DK Metcalf. How Come fun! Yeah, exactly. That just that just sounds so awful. I mean, you know, speaking of Sherm though, too. Sherm, the uh, for Seahawks fans who don't know, listen to now. Hey. The Sherm thing's not going to happen here. He's not coming back. Uh, to my understanding, he, I think he's already visiting Tampa Bay today. Um, the Niners are the other team that's interested uh, in Richard. Um, how do you think that would fit, uh, Matt? If if he if if he said, ah, Tampa Bay's not for me. I don't like this Tom Brady guy. He don't like his face. So I'm gonna go back to the Bay. How do you think Sherm would fit with what's going on there right now? Would it just be a plug and play? Like if he signed there, could he play this week even? Or, you know, how would you think that would go? Yeah, I mean, he absolutely could. I mean, I think it's clear that he wasn't at the top of their free agent list. I mean, the, the 49ers already have brought in two veterans off the street um, since the season began, uh, Norman and Drake Kirkpatrick. So they're not they're not busting down. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. They are not <laughs> eager to uh, to sign him um, like uh, like they had been a couple years ago. Um, and you know they they. I forget how many games he was active for last year. Five. Yeah, I think five. Um, I think it's five. I think five. So I mean, they're they're concerned that once he gets on the on the field, there, there's going to be another injury. I, I think that re- reading between the lines, their ideal for him would have been okay. Let's sign him in mid-November um, mm. and have him ready for a stretch run because we don't think we're going to get you know twelve plus games, certainly seventeen games out of him. Uh, so, uh, that's, uh, that, that, that's basically where they are now, you know, you, you know, beggars can't be choosers in, in this, in this scenario. So if they're, you know, get more injuries there, uh, you know, Sherman's dealing from a position of power that, that they would have to bring him in at some point, uh, because they've gotten so low. But like I said, there were two healthy scratches at the position going into the green Bay game. Uh, so the depth isn't at critical levels quite yet, uh, although it, it probably is at nickel cornerback, but uh, Sherman doesn't play nickel. Uh, yeah, no, the, the sign of the Buster screen. Yes, I is? was like, he's still playing. He I didn't now. know Drake Kirkpatrick was still out here. Yeah, he got cooked thing. by the Seahawks last year. Yeah, I didn't man. know he was out here still doing his thing. There's a lot of moving parts out here at that cornerback spot. This is why it's a premium position, guys, by the way. But uh, let's close out our position preview, kind of look ahead before we get to over and under with the, the – Honestly, the matchup that might just decide the whole game really is uh, is the trenches and how well the Seahawks handle Nick Bosa, who was quieter than I thought he would be uh, against the Packers, especially after like the first two drives when he was playing really well. What did the Packers do um, with their what, eighth string left tackle and uh, that maybe the Seahawks could copy that helped them slow down Nick Bosa? Uh, Yosh Nijman, that's the guy that he was going up against Who? from, uh, was that it? Yosh. 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 Say the last name. Yosh was getting toasted, uh, early, <laughs> but, uh, he, he, uh, he rallied, but, uh, you know, the Packers, like I said, did max protect. I mean, they, they had Aaron Jones coming out and, and chipping on Bosa. They had a tight end, um, chipping him as well. They had, you know, double teams, uh, all throughout the game. Uh, with the idea that uh, we don't really need to send a lot of guys out, uh, you know, for on pass routes because uh, uh, we'll be able to get an open guy with the guys that we have. So that and, and that uh, that worked for them. So um, yeah, I mean that that seems like a really smart formula. 
uh, to, to keep a, a tight end in as an extra blocker, especially on Bosa's side. Uh, D Ford didn't do much in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they signed Samson Ebucom, who, who you'll, you'll remember from the Rams. Um, and he hasn't uh, made a mark yet. He's sort of switching positions. He was a outside linebacker with the Rams. Now he's more of a, a pure defensive end for the 49ers. And that's a, uh, that's a bit of a work in progress. So, so far it's been Bosa and Armstead and really, as far as the pass rush, that's it. Uh, obviously there's no DeForest Buckner anymore. And, uh, you know, that's, that's turning out to have been a, uh, a really big, as, as we knew it would be a really big reason why they were so good in 2019 and not quite to that level this year. Yeah, no, the defensive numbers are just not there for either team in this matchup. Like, take the over, whatever it is. We're going to figure out. Uh, can you tell me what the over? I got you, the man. over for me uh, real quick. Uh, and the spread before we get into the prediction here. But that is what I liked about that Packers game plan, that the Seahawks would be fools to not try. It was really simple. It was, let's get the ball to our best player, which is 17, and neutralize their best player on defense, at least, is which is 97. That worked. They won the game. Like it was, it seemed pretty simple to me. That's like what the Seahawks should do here. What you got? Well, give me the over, Chris. Here it is. The over under is 52. Probably take it. Oh, and, take uh, the over. They Good got, Lord. they got San Francisco minus two and a half. Ooh, we'll, 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 we'll hold on to that. We're going to let Matt get to that. Let's do, let's do our own <laughs> over under here though. Uh, Matt, let's do, let's focus on George Kittle. Someone we didn't talk about, um, a ton, uh, in, kind of our matchup section, but I think his matchup with him and Bobby, him and J- him and Jordan Brooks, perhaps their weak side linebacker, him and Jamal Adams, like that's going to be the Seahawks have invested a lot in positions that will be matched up with George. Um, and that will be very interesting to see. So let's focus on him as a pass catcher over under seven and a half, what you're taking there for George Kittle against the Seahawks. I'll go uh, over on, on that. I mean, um, like I said, it, it, it's been a very heavy uh, Debo Samuel, um, you know, pastor distribution through three games. I think that it starts to change. I mean, I, I would think that Ayuk gets more in this game. This this would be, you know, if, if I was trying to pick a guy who breaks out and has a big game, that would be it. But um, I, I don't want to say that uh, Kittle has been quiet, but they haven't really leaned on him to this point. Um, and uh, if if Debo does get a lot of attention, that, that would be a natural outlet. So, uh, yeah, I, I think seven and a half is a really – smart over under there but uh i'll go uh, i'll go eight for for him on, Ooh, uh, on right Sunday. over i will continue with george because i like i like this one uh i really just thought about this because i like when he flicks the uh <laughs> flicks his hand after he gets the first down so uh how many times are we going to see that in regards to a touchdown one and a half is the over under on george kittle touchdowns on Sunday versus the Seahawks. Yeah, he's not been a touchdown guy to this. Our fantasy team aware of this, Matt. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> he had, him, he had him in eighteen. You wouldn't be complaining. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go under on that. You know, it, it, Eric Branch, uh, w- one of the guys on the beat, had a good stat today. The 49ers are the first team since the merger in 1970, uh, in which all of their touchdowns. I think it's 11 touchdowns have been scored by 11 different players to this point. Wow. So no, no one's doubled up, and uh, George Kittle has not been one of those eleven players. In fact, <laughs> I knew that was coming. There hasn't been <laughs> there hasn't been a, a touchdown scored by a tight end to this point. So um, yeah, I think that that gets broken, but I just I just don't see it uh, being broken twice uh, in this game. So I'll go under. Man, my, I had to cut Elijah Mitchell. I might have to. I might find. <laughs> so you, why did you week. why did you cut Elijah Mitchell? 
because uh, his think, team sucks. Man. Yeah, I had to. I, <laughs> full house. I, it's gonna I, suck I, even more now. Yeah. I had to pick up some other guys here. I think I, I think I picked up Tim Patrick, the Broncos receiver, um, because the Broncos have lost Jerry Judy and uh, Hamler. I think are both gone for the year. I want to say so. It's like I gotta, I gotta get people who will play. You know, I picked up Odell. I had AB. I think it's just I'm just not. Like I said, it's no, tough. Tupac cares. Don't nobody else care about my fantasy team. Uh, but let's get a game prediction here from you, Matt. Um, do you know we know Matt's record picking the games? That would have been a fun one. That's all right. Though. Well, we can picking the 49ers Seahawks. Seahawks yeah. Yes, I'm, I can go back I'm, and get I'm that. Undefeated. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, what you got? Sure. Overall, we're two and one. Though I'll give you that. Yeah, for the year. We're for the year. For so the year. Far, two okay. And one. So, uh, what you, what you got, Matt? Who are you taking to give us a score? I'm I'm two and one too. Uh, <laughs> so no, I, I am with our own. Uh, oh, oh, but, okay. Um, yeah, um, you know, it's uh, you know we 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 predicted uh, zero defense in the in the Packers game, and I guess it came to bear. It was uh, thirty to twenty eight at the end, uh, but it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel like the 49ers offense was just rolling like we thought it would. Um, I, I, I love it when teams are coming off a loss. I always think that they're so much better, so much more on point. Um, if 49ers also in that Packers game were coming uh, off of a two-week road trip east, and they always stink mm. after those games. They're terrible after those games. And that that uh, stood forth uh, against the Packers as well. So I think they'll be better. I just don't know about the running game. It was so disjointed, and they need to have that for everything else to work so it's really dependent on elijah mitchell um the guy that uh damn maybe might, i should pick that him back might, up damn that it. might cut from my team. i'll go to my team when we're done i would uh i would get him back uh <laughs> too sweet on that one but uh if, if he plays i think the 49ers would roll i think they'd score 30 points i'd say um another tight one i think it's gonna be 30 to 27 49ers so what is that that's niners the over and yeah, and cover and cover yeah. yeah and cover yeah. okay Matt's all in on the night this is this is a gamble gamble show. with Matt and I love you know what it was Matt my team's so bad that Elijah didn't play week two so I couldn't afford to hold him out no he didn't play he did play he wasn't he wasn't great he wasn't um, good and then he didn't play week three so it's like okay I'm desperate here I'm zero three in this league like I can't afford to wait until he practices maybe on Wednesday so that's uh, that's that's what it is I like what do you think about the pick. About the the Niners pick. Seahawks are one and three. That's uh bad news for us, but hey, you know. What you, let me put you, I'm a, Matt. I'm gonna do you a favor. I'm gonna put Chris on the spot oh, here. What man. you got? What you got, Chris? I also have the Niners winning. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I think wow. I just I don't see the defense getting it all together right now at this point in time. And then it doesn't get better because you got the Rams. But yeah, I think the Seahawks end up losing. I would say thirty to twenty one. Oh, oh boy, that would be. Russ only puts twenty one points on the board. Wow! Hell, he, he put up he seventeen put up, on the Vikings. Vikings, and they're uh, ass. So yeah, you know, <laughs> the Vikings defense was not very good, and he was just not just Russ is playing. Russ is actually playing fine. It's just a it's a what's going on up here in Matt is very poor. If you were to turn into talk radio in Seattle, you'd be like. Wow, this team is 0-11 and the sky is falling. <laughs> that is what it feels like up here. So if they lose this game, um, the sky will actually, like a piece of the cloud will fall down. Uh, I, I told you that needle. Josh Norman is out there with an IV bag uh, <laughs> at, at cornerback. He's toting that thing around. Well, that's the thing about the Vikings. They have, uh, what's his name, Basad Breeland, I yep. think. He's there like, it's called the mark. I call it the target. The guy that the quarterback just decides I'm going to go at you because right. you can't cover my guy right. for Aaron Rodgers. It was whoever 30 something is that came in for Josh um, later yeah, in the game. Yamador Lenore. Yeah. He's the rookie. 
Oh, was, see that. I can't tell. I don't know who the roster is. So it was actually fun to just say, "Oh, whose number this?" It was very, very good. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. You're, was, you're absolutely right. That that totally happened. I mean, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is the is the pro at that. He's like the wolf. Like once he <laughs> smells a little bit of weakness and blood, he's going after that guy the whole game. Yeah, and that's. I think he he hit him for a bomb. I think he throws the cover two touchdown over that guy's head uh, in the end zone to to Marquez. I think. Uh, but yeah, Rogers just carved him up. So maybe Russ does the same thing. I don't know. I'm not obligated to take a pick or make a pick until Fridays, um, and that's just the luxury we have. You know, when I get to yeah, announce we, we the show. We should point out this is Tuesday, so we're, we're <laughs> yeah. No, that's I, we love putting you guys on the spot early in the week before we gather a ton of information that would possibly change the pick. That's that's fun. That's fun to me because I don't have to make the pick. That's the beauty until until Friday, man. So there there it is. There, Matt's set in stone. Chris is set in stone. You guys can't change a pick even after you get more information, because that's not how it goes uh, around here. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Thank you for watching the Seahawks Man to Man podcast for all of our YouTube viewers. Again, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube. Download the YouTube, uh, the app Muzi, M-U-S-I. Even if you don't want to watch the show, you can go to that. That's YouTube, essentially. And you can close out of it and still listen to the show. So you're listening to it on YouTube, but you're still giving us the views. And we appreciate that love. It's a way to tweak the game. Shout out to our uh, guests on the, sh- on the show making his 97th appearance, Matt Barrows. Matt, you got anything you want to plug coming up this week before we let you go? No. Uh, got a, uh, a mailbag in today on Tuesday. Uh, those are always lively. Uh, they're livelier after losses, I've, I've noticed. <laughs> Uh, so we got that going up right now and, and lots of stuff throughout the week. So uh, just click on the, the 49ers page and uh, there'll be a ton, ton of stuff from me and David Lombardi. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Matt, I will see you on Sunday. On that note, we're out. Peace. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.